So this past Saturday wasn't quite the results Orange County fans were hoping for when they made their way out to Championship Soccer Stadium uh, for the Western Conference Finals. Uh, unfortunately, their season ended, uh, I guess, a little frust- frustratingly. Um, and yeah, so I know Dylan and I got some stuff to talk about with that. Uh, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. From the Champion Soccer Stadium, first time into the box, it's a great ball, and it bolts in! Oh, it's a world-class goal from Orange County! Shadow Chapel will have a go off the deflection, and it finds its way in. Selmo shooting from the corner, and put it in! And there will be no second opportunity as Andre Rawls shuts it down. This ball finds the top left corner, and Orange County has struck again. Past Hashimoto, Segber shooting, scoring! Escalante sits on it, and Rawls somehow was ready. And I fight. And they fight over the top. And it down. It's in. Orange County equalizes. What a debut. Not only for the stadium, but for Sola Avalanche. Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black SoccerCast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. And joining me, as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing today? I'm uh, I'm good. I had the day off from class, so that was a nice little little change for me. So I take it uh, having the day off from class, that probably threw your your schedule off a little bit there then. Yeah, and I'm out of town this weekend for the first time in, uh, what, since March, I guess. So... uh... You know, that that threw it off too. <laughs> kind of forgot what was going on. Are you out of town right now, or are you you heading out of town? I am heading out of town tomorrow afternoon. Well, awesome. Uh, any anywhere particular you're heading to? I am going to Los Coyotes, which is a uh, Native American reservation. I think about an hour hour and a half outside of uh, San Diego. I've never heard of it, but I'm sure uh, you'll be ready to have some fun out there. I'm going to run around in circles and get nice and dirty. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and it's, I guess it's a good way to sort of, uh, I guess, relax after the frustrating uh, weekend this past weekend that saw Orange County um, fall to Phoenix Rising. Uh, and we were there for that. So, I mean, I know uh, we all sort of uh, know what was happening there. Uh, I, I don't know if you've even gotten over it yet, Dylan. Uh, I still am struggling with it, uh, knowing that there's not going to be any more orange, you know, actual, um, important Orange County soccer club matches for at least uh, a few months now. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'm over it so much as I just like, I don't care anymore about the season. Like I don't care about the result tomorrow night, or I guess since this is releasing Thursday morning, I don't really care about the result tonight. Um, it's, who cares? I mean, I guess people who live in Phoenix and people who live in in Louisville care. Um, but you know, my team's out, and I'm not going to throw my support behind either one of them. So totally get it. Season, we'll get there. <laughs> totally, totally understand. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's frustrating with uh what happened um with all of that and it's frustrating I guess, you know, I know people were talking about should we watch the match or, you know, should we get together to watch the match, but for us out here in California it's it's pretty difficult cuz the match is starting at 5, 5 p.m. 5 o'clock. I mean, that's when most of us are leaving work and we're sit- now we're getting ready to sit in like an hour of traffic. I don't think anyone is dying to get out of work early to watch the U.S. final between uh, Louisville City and Phoenix Rising. But uh, if anyone is doing that, feel free to do that. Uh, I mean, it sounds like... Kudos to you, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so... Let I should me... say I'm going to try not to be too much of a defeatist this episode. I mean, 
it really hurt Saturday losing at home. Um, and I think all of us were, I mean, deservedly really proud of the club and, and its players and uh, the staff and everything that they put together this year. Um, but God, it, it hurts. I mean, it's it's really difficult to balance that that pride that I have in, in the way that the club really turned around this year and everything that they they set up for this year and in the years to come. Um, just having to watch Orange County trail for 80, or I guess the entire game actually. So it hurts. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so before we get uh, too far into um, the disappoint, uh, I guess the, disappointment uh, of the weekend let's talk uh, about some good news let's start off with some good news uh with this and the good news that we'll discuss uh, to start off is uh, some postseason awards that have either been announced or that um you know we're looking at uh, potential uh orange county players that are going to be uh, potentially winning some awards uh so the first thing is the usl i guess is it what is it called the the first team or all first team or whatever they call it in the usl uh, there was actually two Orange County players that made it onto that list. Uh, I think the two players that made it, it's no surprise, at least for Orange County fans that are f- familiar with uh, with the season and how things have been going for Orange County. Uh, so you had Thomas Innovolton on that list, and you also had uh, Aiden Quinn, uh, who, I mean, both, I guess, have a, a legitimate claim for MVP for the team on the season. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, um, I mean, and Voltsen, you can't argue with someone who scores, what, 21, 20, 21 goals over the course of the regular season, and then you can't argue against Quinn either. I mean, I think he led the, the entire USL um, in, in passes. Um, I think he was second in chances created. He, I mean, he was instrumental to the way that we played. Um, and I think he played almost every minute of every game, if not every minute of every game, and dictated how he played. I know early this season I uh, compared him to a Andres Perlo um, for Orange County, and I'm sticking by that assessment of him. It's uh, you know the way that he the way that he plays and the effect that it had on the club was almost immeasurable. Um, despite the fact that all those stats are there, you know, he, he had 2,431 total passes, uh, 1,800 of those, almost 1,900 of those were successful. Uh, he averaged 65.8 passes per game. So it's, my God, his, his effect on this team was, is probably the biggest thing that we had. Um, and that's not to discount anything that Anna Voltson did either. He had a massive effect, and he kept us going, I'd say, through that, that middle section of the season. Really from the beginning to that middle section, he he was there, and he was that guy that was earning us three points uh, seemingly almost every Saturday night. What And, and I think when you have two players uh, that are pretty, I guess, equal, um, when you look at like stat numbers around the league and, and, and what they've done throughout the year, uh, I, I think you always have to, at least in soccer, lean towards the midfield player because really that player is... Uh, especially a player like Aiden Quinn, he's he's all over the, the the field. He's you know helping back out on defense. He's helping transition that ball up into the offensive side, and then he's setting up his teammates on offense. So, uh, you know, some of those things that you do as a midfielder don't always quite show up on stats. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's always sort of hard to uh, judge defenders, uh, you know, for their performances because you know, what what really can you look up except for you know balls won uh, and did you not get you know any kind of cards or penalties or anything yeah, like that. It's, it's a lot like duels and then shots blocked. And, and that's not, I think clearances. Um, and that's not the stats that people pay attention to. No. And it's people don't go to stadiums to watch people play defense. I mean, that's why I don't watch Man United games <laughs> anymore. It's boring. Um, it's not exciting. So that's why, that's why we saw a, a, an all league team that had Anna Boltson and Lancaster and Rios and Ledesma and Quinn and Asante and Anunga. Like this formation would never work in practicality, but these guys score goals. They provide assists. So sure. that's why we see them up there. <laughs> well, yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's always the thing is, is uh, 
you know, offense gets the the chicks, defense wins the titles, or or however people want to throw that analogy around. I know I totally butchered an analogy like I always do there, but uh, I can't even try and <laughs> figure out what that was. But you, I mean, you 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 get the idea of what I'm saying on there, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I hope everyone else does too. Uh, I know. Listening to the uh, the guys over on the USL show, uh, they had made the the. Uh, conclusion or they actually had noticed it i didn't even quite notice it at first because i was only looking for the orange county players but they made the the i guess they they called it out that there was only three western conference players on that list and out of those three two of them are orange county uh one of them was asante from phoenix uh so i don't know if there's maybe east coast bias you know uh one of those things you always talk about in sports there's always an east coast bias because people that live out in the east coast aren't staying up till you know 10 11 12 o'clock at night to watch our matches Oh yeah, I mean, by the time that I'm getting home from our from from the stadium, it's one a.m. in in New York um, or in Tampa because the the league's based in Florida. So it's I get why it's difficult to to include teams when the the country's three thousand miles wide. But I also think the quality of some of the players included on that list doesn't line up with the quality of how the conference was actually uh, allowed or aligned. Um, so some other news or postseason uh, awards potentially that Orange County may see is uh, I think MVP. Uh, the the two aforementioned uh, the two the two players we've been talking about there, uh, Aiden Quinn and Thomas Volton are both uh, in the running for that. Uh, a little scary, I guess, if you're hoping for an Orange County win in that uh, category because they're probably going to pull vote, votes away from each other. Uh, and uh, by the way, I have no idea how the voting works. I know. Uh, when you were on uh, as a guest on that other podcast uh, a few weeks ago, you guys were trying to figure out how it all works. And I don't think anyone really knows. I know there's uh, some different, I guess, algorithms or whatever they do for, for stuff like this. So they pull names out of a magic hat, like <laughs> Harry Potter. And then they just say, all right, screw it. Good enough. That's, that's what it is. Hey, there you go. I imagine it's probably, sorry. I imagine it's probably really arbitrary. Um, I mean, but the the fact that you have two Orange County players on there for potential MVP for the league, uh, it's a good sign for the club, especially knowing that one of those players has been signed to be back uh, for next season. So, uh, way way to go, Orange County, for that. Uh, and, and and oh, by the way, also uh, Coach of the Year nominee, uh, Braden Cloutier, uh, is one of the options. Uh, and I just realized uh, learning. Again, listening to the USL show, I believe it was uh, that I've been pronouncing his his last name wrong all season. Uh, I, I think from uh, it was I think Mike is it Mike Watts or Michael Watts uh, who was on the broadcast. He was corrected on it as well, and he basically got clarification on how you say it. And it's actually Cloutier uh, uh, is the way I believe he was told to pronounce it. So I've been I saying Cloutier. Staff is saying it wrong too. <laughs> I've been saying <laughs> Cloutier. Yeah. I've been saying Cloutier all season. So. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, but I mean, that's, I, I think is, I, I think going into the postseason awards, that was probably a given that he would be one of the nominees for coach of the year being that orange County missed the playoffs last season. Uh, and then the season finished first in the West. I mean, uh, that's a pretty obvious choice for one of the nominees for coach of the year. Yeah. And really, I mean, he's got some help in the backroom staff and, and the, the staff that he brought on um, under him to change the style of play for Orange County and to be a lot more expansive and attacking and exciting. Um, and so, I mean, I call me a Homer, but I think he deserves it over uh, Coke from Cincinnati or I'm trying to think of who the other was, um, was Sean's the other option. I don't, I don't uh, exactly remember. I don't have the list in front of me and I do not feel like going in and looking it up. Um. I'll maybe look <laughs> if it's somewhere close. What are, what are the what are the odds that the USL gives the award to the FC Cincinnati or any of these awards to an FC Cincinnati player? Um, I know you the the fans in Cincinnati would probably jump on the conspiracy theories that it was only because they're leaving the league and and whatnot, but I just don't see that being uh, possible or being an uh, an option on there. So, oh, I'm sure they'll, they'll take. <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing. I love to talk trash on that team and its fans because they are insufferable. Um, and I am so glad they are leaving to the MLS. Um, but what they did over 34 games is, is really, really impressive and really, really hard to do. Um, and there's no doubt Ledesma is, 
an amazing player. And if it came down to the MVP uh, for me, I would have a really hard time picking in between Ledesma and um, Quinn. And I'd pretty much only end up giving it to Quinn because of the fact that he pretty much single-handedly controls it. Um, and without him, I think there would have been a, a big a big piece missing had we lost him to injury or to suspension this season. Well, I mean, the fact that he was, you know, the, the you know, in every single minute of every single game this season for, for Orange County, I mean, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big accomplishment for any sport. And especially, you know, you got a sport like soccer where, I mean, it's not that difficult to get an injury, especially on your ankle, your knee, your, you know, pull a muscle. Uh, so. A star player of a team and a star creative <laughs> player at that. Someone's going to be, you know, the Vegases of the league are going to be going after you. But I looked it up and he only missed seven minutes of this entire season. So I believe that makes Enavoldson the only Orange County player to play every minute okay. of all the games all season long. I did. I wasn't even paying attention on this. So Aiden Quinn did actually miss a few minutes there. But, uh, you know, to have two Ironmen on your team basically uh, throughout the whole season. Uh, and have them be the most prolific as yes. well is, is huge. No, definitely. Uh, so, I mean, uh, as of now, we don't know the winners of those individual awards, but the fact that we got the two players on the first team, uh, great accomplishment for, for the club. Uh, we've seen them, uh, you know, I mean, that's good. That's good. And it's good knowing, like it, like we said, uh, you know, Aiden Quinn's going to be back next season. So uh, one of the top players in the league is definitely going to be on Orange County next year. Uh, and I'm sure we'll see improvement from, you know, Michael Seaton. And from what I'm hearing from the club, there's going to be more announcements, uh, you know, roster announcements in the coming weeks. So uh, definitely something that Dylan and I will actually be able to discuss. You know, now that there's no actual soccer in the field, there's actually still some news that we'll be able to discuss with you guys. Oh, and by the way, uh, you know, we're going to, over the next few weeks, we're going to do some season recaps and let you guys know uh, who won the Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards, which we had you guys vote on. Uh, about a month back so definitely uh still some uh good uh soccer to discuss uh, or at yeah, least orange county news all we're... those people drive in and and listening with one earbud at work we got you covered for for a few more weeks <laughs> oh and and uh, i'm not gonna I'm, i don't want to uh you know jump ahead of myself but i'm working on a few other things to potentially do during the off season that we can uh, still uh torture your ears uh for a few uh, a few times throughout the off season uh and more to come as we get confirmations on exactly how that's going to go dylan doesn't even know what i'm um, i'm working on yeah it's nice to me i'm excited <laughs> so once uh once i can confirm anything we'll definitely go on oh and by the way uh for those of you that don't follow or weren't even yet aware we do have an esports team that's in the you know in the early stages of their uh, season and they're already one of the top teams. You know, for a first year esports team, they're already one of the the, the top teams in their league. Uh, they just there were some power rankings uh, released recently, and I think they were in the top. I think they were number two on the power rank- rankings for their league. Uh, so those guys are doing pretty well. So maybe what we'll have to do is uh, Dylan and I will have to jump on some of those streams, watch some of those matches, and we can even discuss some of that. Uh, what we're seeing from the virtual soccer players that represent Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they'll uh, be able to uh, go all the way. And I mean, sure, it's your <laughs> podcast, man. Well, I, I was just, and I was reaching out to uh, the 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 man, uh, the gentleman that runs that team. It's Mike Culp. He's the captain uh, slash manager, uh, whatever else you want to call him. He's the one that picked, basically handpicked, or you know, held the tryouts and picked all the players that are on the roster. And I reached out to him, and we're going to work on maybe seeing if we can get some of them to come on to our podcast. Uh, maybe a couple times throughout this off season, uh, while they're in the mi- uh, in, in the mix of uh, the mist, uh, whatever it's called, of their season, and, and go from there. So, all right. Uh, so we have to get to it. We have to discuss uh, a little bit here. Uh, this wonderful match, uh, this past or not wonderful match. This uh, th- it was a uh, let, let's say it was actually a pretty good match uh, as far as just entertaining, nail biting, on the edge of your seats. Um, Unfortunately, like we talked about earlier, Orange County didn't do enough to get through and, and win the match, but uh, it was still a good match. Orange County won uh, Phoenix Rising 2. Uh, Dylan, um, just in your, you know, like we always do, maybe just a brief thought on the match, uh, and then we'll, get in, we'll dig into a little bit deeper. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, at the end of that match? 
Oh, man. It was really, really frustrating. Um, if you saw me or heard me at the game, you know that I was very, very frustrated for the entirety of that match. Um, from our defense not playing the first two minutes and then us trailing because of that and having to play catch-up because of that. Not to mention the Drogba theatrics from the second minute on to the I'm Solomon Asante, I'm five foot two, and still somehow managing to fall over. I could go on and on about what pissed me off in this game um, and defensive errors, and, and I could go on and on with negatives. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I should focus on the positives. And I think we saw a team that really tried and and didn't. I think a lot of the times when you go down early, it's really easy to just say, that's it. Like, we're already beat. We're just, let's see out these remaining minutes and let's, whatever, who cares? And we didn't see that from the club. We saw a lot of trying. And it's just difficult to score on a team that packs 10 guys into the box to play defense, especially with the way Orange County plays, trying to score in the box um, almost all the time and uh, trying for that cross against tall center backs or Drogba who happens to to track back to head those balls out um it's difficult to do but I I gotta give the players props for for still getting after it and still really really trying um they kept it exciting they kept it interesting well um heartbreaking to to go down at the end well, the, I mean, honestly, like you sort of talked about it, is is that opening goal for Phoenix, that just sort of, I think, uh, it was probably the worst case scenario for the first, you know, two, three minutes of the match uh, as far as what Orange County was planning to come out there. Uh, the That opening goal in the second minute basically just threw, probably threw Orange County's game plan uh, out the window at that point because uh, it's not something, uh, I, don't, I don't think, it's, it's not something you plan for. And... Credit to uh, Phoenix. Um, I forgot exactly who it is that scored that goal. Um, was uh, was it Cortez that scored that goal, Dylan? Do you remember? It was. It was. He uh, he, he always haunts us. <laughs> well, and and I mean, uh, again, I'm I'm gonna go back. I I can't remember. Uh, I think it was actually the Rising Is One podcast. I was listening to them for a little bit today, or or yesterday, and they even mentioned uh, that that goal was just a a a, a class goal. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, the type of shot they, they mentioned. I think I'm not quoting correctly, but they were basically mentioning that it's not a shot that any goalkeeper prepares as their first shot they have to attempt to save in a match. Um, you know, a strike from outside the box into the upper corner. Uh, Andre Rolls, you know, wasn't quite in the greatest position. Anything about that. Well, and was, I mean, honestly, he wasn't even the one that was the most out of position for that. No, no. Um it, it it was it was a great shot from outside the box into the upper corner. There was nothing really that Andre Rolls could do in that, uh, and it was if you watch. I I went through and watched that particular replay uh, again today. If you just watch it, just how quickly that built up um, from when Phoenix got the ball from uh, from Orange County, it just was a quick build up to that. There was nothing. I, I I and nothing against the defense on that particular play as much either. There wasn't really nothing that could be done there. Again, you don't expect. Uh, that as the first shot from a team in the second minute of the Western Conference final, you're coming in there, you're expecting the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes to be that, you know, uh, testing the other team out, seeing what they're going to give, what they're going to take and all that stuff. So, uh, but go ahead. I got to disagree with you there. Um, I mean, Seton was really, really trying to get that ball back, um, from, uh, I don't even know who passed it, but, I, mean, I think Lam- Lambert, on. I think Drogba got a touch on it, Lambert got a touch on it, and then it got to Cortez. Yeah, I think it was Drogba to Lambert, and then obviously Lambert threw to Cortez. And it has, if Cornelli doesn't rush out to try and intercept this pass, which he's never going to intercept a flick on, then it's not Yosh trying to close from the wrong side of the box, and it's not Alston on the wrong side of Cortez trying to shut off a shot. If Alston tries to stop that shot there. He most likely gets Cortez, probably gets a red in the second minute, and, you know, Phoenix gets the penalty. Drogba is probably going to score. I mean, how many penalties has he taken in his career? How many has he scored? Oh, man, that's not MLS quality. 
it, it was it was a tough a tough thing there. Um, and and we'll get into Cronali a little bit because I know uh, I said I wasn't going to be negative, and I just I, and I wasn't going to call out players, but I already failed at that. <laughs> Well, and when you go look at the second goal, I think uh, as that play was building up to the second goal, uh, I think both me and you were like yelling out, "What are you doing, Cronali? Or what's going on?" You had or some choice like words for him. Some very <laughs> choice words for him. Did I? That, I, I don't uh, even remember are... what I what my choice words would have been there. Yes, um, we can't repeat them on the podcast, but okay. they were said, and I very much for the last month, I think, have been echoing them. So. But, an awesome, but. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's do this because uh, you had you had brought up the, um, I guess, the frustration of how easy the Phoenix players were going down a little bit. That's actually something I uh, discussed a little bit with um, Aiden Quinn after the match. I'm going to play the full uh, clip that I have here, but he's going to talk a little. I mean, he doesn't get into it that much, uh, but he he does mention that he he noticed that during the match. Uh, this is what Aiden Quinn had to say when I got a chance to speak with him uh, after the match. All right, with Aiden Quinn here, um, one goal short of getting to that championship match. Uh, what's going on in your head uh, at the moment? Yeah, it's, uh, it's disappointing. Uh, the goals we gave up are kind of fluky. Uh, ours is also kind of fluky, so it's tough to swallow right now, but Phoenix is a great team, a uh, great fan base, so credit to them. Um, I thought we still had a great year, so... Uh, it's, it's disappointing right now, but when we reflect on it, I think we'll be really happy with what we did, and hopefully next year we can go one step further. Uh, so throughout the match, I think the fans could see uh, you guys were touching the players on, on Phoenix, and they were going down rather easily. Was that getting uh, was that getting a little frustrating out there for the players or for you guys? Or yeah, I mean it's a little bit, it's a gamesmanship. So obviously Phoenix is up early, so they're trying to run the clock out. They're trying to get fouls, move their field up, or move the field position up. So. It's credit to them. They're good at it. Uh, we just have to play, and we have to get on with it. And we did pretty well. I don't think we overreacted at all. We just kept playing. We just kept fighting, and we tried to claw ourselves back into the game. Uh, so we know, uh, you know, a few weeks ago it was announced that you signed an extension with the club. Uh, what does that mean for you, for the club, for the future of this team, and what should fans expect out of you guys uh, in the in the years to come? Yeah, hopefully the next uh, the next few years are like this one, but maybe better. Uh, really happy to have signed. Uh, this club has treated me so well this whole year, so it was like it was a no-brainer because the way they treat me, uh, I just want to give them what they give me. So I'm trying to give back what I can. Awesome, Aiden. All right, so that was Aiden Quinn at the end of the match. Uh, a little bit of a mixed audio in the background there. You got a little bit of Caroline Coalition doing a little chant there. And then towards the end, of course, you can hear the, the banging of the drums from the Phoenix faithful that made it out to the match. Uh, and we'll get into those guys uh, in a little bit there. Um, so the second goal that Phoenix scored, we we started getting into it a little bit. A uh, couple things uh, that jump out of uh, out of my mind is our defense just was, uh, I guess. Let's call out Carnali again. I mean, that rebound comes <laughs> off the first ball, and then he takes a. He doesn't press at any point. I mean. It, <laughs> Yosh Yosh gets after it, and Andre comes out. And, and it lies to Drogba, and Cronali is five steps back from him and, and standing there and watching the play unfold in front of him. And then Drogba sets, takes his first hit, gets deflected back to him, and then at this point, um, Cronali has, has come out to try, and, to try and stop it. And, of course, obviously Drogba just taps it through. Uh, Yosh did what he was supposed to do there. Andre did what he was supposed to do there. Andre was unlucky to get that deflection. But the defense just kind of sat back and, and were content to watch. And I get you push and you push and you push and you've been pushing for 70 minutes and you're tired, but you got 20 more to go. And that, I mean, that was the goal that ultimately killed killed the season. And you can't be doing that in the playoffs. I mean, it's so obvious, <laughs> but... Um. <sighs> So a after the match, uh, I don't know if it was that night or the next day, I was speaking with my wife, and her take on that uh, sort of run-up of events there that happened there is she sort of questioned um, the lack of, I guess, uh, I don't I don't want to use the wrong word here. She noticed, and I didn't notice this, so this is something that I'm just going off of what she was uh, telling me, is uh, Andre Rolls, he made the initial save or block or whatever deflected off of him, 
And she said that he didn't, she didn't feel like he got up quick enough to get back into position uh, to try and uh, stop that second goal. Um, I, again, this is not something that I noticed in the moment, and I actually didn't go back and watch that second goal at all uh, since the game. I just couldn't get myself to, to go any further. Um, but that was just her observation. I don't know if any anyone listening uh, noticed that as well. Um, but, you know, it, it was just, uh, it's just one of those things. It just seemed like there was a bunch of stuff that went wrong in that moment. And unfortunately it, uh, put us, uh, put Orange County in too deep of a hole to get out of, uh, cause as we know, they did go and, and score one goal shortly after that. It'd have been nice if it would have only, if that would have, uh, equalized and given Orange County an opportunity to fight on a little bit more but unfortunately we'd given up that second goal and sort of a sloppy defensive effort um like you said it, it it wasn't all the players but it was just sort of uh you know there was a player that sort of was the most frustrating out of those players uh but uh, the all of it all that added together just sort of ended in a yes in a very disappointing <laughs> end uh yeah Rawls had an awkward uh, time getting up between that collision with uh, with Yosh and God, whoever the Phoenix player was. Um, I know he turned um, get, when he was getting up. He turned towards goal because he had no other option. He could turn turn back towards the play because there are bodies in front of him. Um, so he gets there, gets back in time, and then gets kind of stuck in no man's land. He's still in the six, but there's no one in between him and at the time, one of the best strikers in the world. So he's he's kind of hung out to dry, really, by that whole situation. Oh, no, it yeah. It really just sums up the end of that play. Um, yes, and again, it was a little disappointing, the outcome of that. Uh, really quick, before we move on, I did speak to Andre at the end of the match, um, just sort of ask him you know, how things went uh, or how he was, I guess, feeling at the end of the match. I, I could see... Uh, just sort of visually from when I was speaking with him, you know, you could tell that, you know, he, he, well, I, I guess I think all the players we spoke with, they weren't probably in their best of moods. Um, so a, let me just say thank you to the players, uh, for still being willing to talk to us. Uh, there was a bunch going on. You, they had just lost the match. There was uh, a commotion going on on the pitch with, uh, all the Phoenix, uh, traveling fans and the players and they were getting all rowdy and, uh, chanting and and being loud and noisy, so big slap in the the face to the players. But they were still willing to speak with Dylan and myself. Uh, and this was Andre Rolls uh, after the match and what he had to say. Go over here. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So I'm here with Andre Rolls. Andre, uh, we just witnessed uh, something probably not the funnest scene to watch out there on the on the pitch. The uh, I guess the championship uh, West Crown Champion Trophy. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? What's going on in your mind right now? Uh, it hurts, man. It hurts. I mean, especially to see another team lift the trophy on your own field. Um, but, I mean, I can't help but be proud of what this team's done this year. Um, I mean, we were, from the beginning, nobody really believed in us. And, I mean, we took that and we used it as motivation. Um, we came out to work every day, every training session, every game. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I'm nothing but proud for all my, all my teammates, all the staff, everybody here. All right, so that was Andre after the match, and uh, I just got to say this: uh, uh, you know, James Keston, front office in Orange County, do whatever you can do to bring that guy back next season. Uh, I think he's probably one of the fan favorites out there, just because of how interactive he's been with the fans all season, and really, he's just he's he's just a great uh, a great guy to have on your team. I think, uh, yeah, you know, he gave up the two goals. Uh, again, not all his fault on these. I mean, really not his fault on, on the first one. That was just an amazing goal. But uh, I, I don't know about you, Dylan, but I'd love to see him back in uh, the black, orange, and white next season. I, I feel the same way. Um, he's one of the – he and and Charlie Lyon are, from last year are probably the best goalkeepers that we've had. Um, and that's no disrespect to Josh Cohen or – to Brandon Miller or to anyone who played there before, or even to Char- uh, even to, to Casey Byers, who has been a, a great backup for us and come in when he needed. But I would absolutely love to see Andrea. I know his contract is 
is up with New York uh, this winter. So we might see a situation like we saw with um, with Walker Hume last year where put on loan and then um, no one wants him. to sign him. Or I mean, I, no I imagine team. that people are going to want to sign him, even if even as an MLS team, I imagine he would make it probably a good third choice. But um, if he wants hoping, to play. <laughs> yeah. And I think at this point, he's probably going to want to start playing. Um, he's getting to the point where he's going to be starting to hit his peak as a goalkeeper. What is he um, like? 26 or something? 27. Yeah, he's 26 right now. He'll be 27 next season. Um, I know I, I talked to talk to him a little bit um, and, and talk to his to talk to his parents after the match and they said um, that he would love love to play here so if if that opportunity arises I think kind of similar to what we saw with Aiden Quinn um, that uh, he'll be back back in the orange next year well, and as I, I mentioned towards the start of the show is we definitely are going to be hearing some announcements of roster uh, news from the club here over the next few weeks hopefully uh, I I would uh, Definitely uh, give it two thumbs up if that's uh, an announcement that the club makes that they've been able to re-sign him and that he'll be back with the club next season. Uh, oh, and you mentioned his parents. Um, props to his parents. His parents are great people. Uh, my wife and my two kids were out uh, sitting on one of the benches waiting for me to finish up speaking with the players. It definitely took a little bit longer than normal because of all the the, the craziness going on on the field. And, of course, we want to try and uh, speak with as many of the players as we can, uh, get enough information. But when I got out there... Uh, you know, my kids and my wife started standing up and uh, this this gentleman and, and this lady walk up and ask, you know, can they are we going to are we leaving the bench? Can they have the seats? And of course, we tell them, yes, I see they're wearing an Orange County scarf and, and hat. I said, hey, are you guys going to be back next season is, you know, to, to support the team. And they basically told me if if their son's back on the team, they will be back supporting. Uh, but they were they were totally like, you know, sweet with my boys. They were trying to talk to my boys. Uh, you know, and um, I appreciate that. That's that's awesome to see, uh, and I, I think it, it shows a lot to you know the type of person that Andre is because Andre's always been willing to speak with us. Uh, he was actually one of the first people I spoke with uh, when I first was able to get some player interviews after the match when I was at uh, Carson for the match against LA Galaxy. He was one of the first uh, players I got a chance to speak with, and he's been uh, an amazing goalkeeper, an amazing player, and just a great uh, a great person uh, to have on the team. So. Yeah, and a big shout out to his dad who also <laughs> listens to the podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, Heard you loud and clear. And, <laughs> I'm glad you and uh, you and your son are around. Yes, and hopefully you're around uh, for another year or two. Uh, I'm with, getting with all us. sappy. Look at me. <laughs> what a mess. Um. So let's do this. Um. Let's get into the craziness that occurred at the end of the match. We won't get too much into it. Uh, I know there was uh, emotions running wild uh, on the Phoenix side, on the Orange County side. Uh, like I said, you know, emotions running crazy for the players. Even uh, myself out there, just sort of uh, being in the in all of that. I, I'm just a you know a simple USL local team podcaster. Nothing, nothing crazy, but just sort of being in the mix of all of that. It was it was a pretty surreal moment. Um, I know there's a lot of Orange County fans upset with the way things ended on that match with the Phoenix fans basically just bombarding the field. Uh, um, I guess what I'll say is that was probably expected. I mean, they did this, the Orange County did try to prevent that by putting what eight or nine staff pro security guards. I wouldn't even really call them security guards. They're just, you know, people like you and me just to stand out there there's nothing they would have been able to do with the phoenix fans um i mean when you have what a th- uh, you know five six seven hundred fans uh, against what ten people that are trying to block them i mean there's nothing you really can do in that situation um yeah uh it was it was just craziness at the end of the match <laughs> yeah it was very much um kind of like lower league almost reminds me of uh, on the other side of the pond um, that that winner or the the away win and then in a playoff match and then the fans invade the pitch and it doesn't matter if they're home or not and security can't really do anything and people are running alongside the the players as they're celebrating and they're up in the and there's 
I mean, thankfully there weren't any fights, but they were very, very close to being some fights there um, were. in between uh, some Orange County supporters and some Phoenix supporters, um, which is also not surprising at all, given the amount of alcohol that both sides um, had consumed and just the emotions of losing to your biggest rivals on your own pitch, watching them invade the pitch. It was, I mean, I get the frustration and thankfully there weren't any fights. Um, and it, I know it was, it was close at some points. Oh, it, it was. I actually had to uh, help calm down a few of the Orange County fans uh, and sort of uh, walk them away from the situation of, of what was going on. I can understand the the emotions and the frustration going on with those fans, especially uh, the diehard Orange County fans. You never want to see uh, an opponent's fan base celebrating on your field and really feeling like there's nothing that can be done on your end and that the club isn't doing anything to stop it. But uh, in all honesty, when you when you stop and think about it, there's nothing the club really could have done in that moment. What are they going to do? Call, you know... 50 Irvine police cars out there and then watching Irvine police maybe, you know, have to be a little uh, crazy. And then this is all being broadcast on ESPN plus plus possibly. And there's media there. You don't want to have a negative look on that. So uh, once it got sort of out of control, you just sort of have to let it play out. Let the, the fans, I guess uh, for Phoenix burn their energy and then uh, go from there. Um, But yeah, no, I understand the frustration uh, you know, deep down as a fan of Orange County, I was a little frustrated to see that. Uh, but I can almost guarantee that if the roles were reversed and there was like five, six hundred Orange County fans out in Phoenix, there probably would be some attempts on our end to to do something similar and run onto the pitch and celebrate with if the there players. There were ten of us. If we had gone to Phoenix <laughs> and won, and there were ten of us, we would be on the pitch. Yeah, I can of, tell yeah. you, yeah, I would absolutely be on the pitch <laughs> to celebrate that and a once life. I don't care if they're throwing shit at me. No, I'm not supposed to say that. I don't care if they're throwing things at me, you know. I <laughs> I, I get supporting your club and, and being loyal. So um, it was a mess. And basically there's, to a point, it was unavoidable. Um, what it does do, though, if, if you really think about it, it's definitely going to ignite a fire into this rivalry. Um, as long as both teams can stay um, at the top of the league in the West, uh, I can see at least for the next year or two, as long as both teams, again, are, are top of the standings in the West uh, and battling for possible, uh, you know, title match, uh, I can see this this rivalry growing and getting a little bit stronger. And, and at this point, I mean, Phoenix really has to be considered the, the toughest, strongest, biggest rival of Orange County for just the, the purposes of, I, I think there's... All the Orange County fans are just looking forward to the moment that we can get it back on Phoenix and and take them back down to earth or whatever we want to do on that. So Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you've got Pete Wentz and Diplo and Drogba and some dude from Phoenix and then Brandon McCarthy as your owners, you're not going to feel the poor <laughs> team. You're, you've got the money to, to pay good players. Um, and if you've got the product on the field, um, and players go there knowing that you've got a chance to make. So now that they can say, you know, we've got a chance to make the USL Cup final every year, they're not going to mind that they're running around the desert for most of the year. Um, that's worth it for for their careers and. Oh yeah, um, and their success. So it's going to be going for I think a long time. Uh, a big important thing for this off season though is for because uh, Orange County had a pretty successful season when you look at their growth a year over year of like support of the matches. Uh, and even if you just look at some of the pictures from that final, yeah, I know Phoenix fans were bragging that they like had sold like half of the tickets in that stadium. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. I think maybe one third of the tickets might've been Phoenix and that's being generous. Um, definitely not. Uh, I didn't see the type of uh, red that I was expecting to see from what I was hearing from all the Phoenix uh, supporters on Twitter from our friends over at the Rising is One podcast, from our, our friend Kevin over at the uh, Phoenix Rising FC uh, fan show. Um, but we need to see uh, some continued growth from the fans from Orange County. We need to see them continue to show up to these matches once we start up next season. Uh, and this is a big, a big off season where um, even the fans themselves need to try and help recruit some new fans into this uh, and get them excited about soccer in, in California. We've talked about it. It's a tough sell. Uh, I've tried, um, and I've 
I, I, I've brought my youth teams to matches. I've talked to my friends, um, some of them that I know are diehard. I have one that played soccer in England and, and didn't play professionally in England, but came out and played college ball out here uh, in, in the States. And I can't even get them to come to the match. And I keep trying. And you don't want to be that annoying friend that always talks about come to a soccer match, come to a soccer match. Um, I am that friend. <laughs> I am definitely that friend. I've well, from what we learned from you at the uh, pregame show, you have one friend, so I guess that's the one you got him to come to the game. So, hundred um. <laughs> percent success rate, kids. That's how you do it? I, I did convert. I got um, one of the kids and his dad, and uh, from my son's youth soccer team, he was actually out. He bought the playoff package. He was at all the playoff matches. Uh, he's still uh, debating on if he's going to do season tickets next season or if he's going to do just, you know, maybe certain matches and come out. But he's definitely and he was out there uh, near this near the Counterline Coalition. He was doing some of the chants. So props to that. Uh, props to Counterline Coalition for trying to get the fans involved. Uh, and, you know, they printed out some sheets of some of the chants and they were we we it was definitely probably the loudest um, collective uh, group of uh Orange County fans that I've seen at any of the matches that I've been to since I've been covering this team. So um, definitely, uh, definitely a good night in that aspect. Um, but yes. Um, now we're not going to get into, um, you know, covering or, or recapping the season or talking about who we think or how we think the season went in general, because we're going to save that for probably one of our next episodes. Uh, we're also going to, again, talk about uh, the award uh, winners, the votes that you guys, the fans, made. Uh, like I said, we had a, a decent turnout on that, so we got at least some nice uh, results there. Uh, and, and I'm working on a few things we can do um, going forward. Uh, but, Dylan, let's do this. Um, let's just do a quick pick on the final. Um I'm going to um, split it in two. I'm going to ask you to pick who you want to win and then who you think is going to win. And if it's both, just let us know it's both. Okay. Um, who do you think is, or who do you want to win the match? Uh, Orange County. <laughs> um, that's not possible. Yeah, but that's what I want. <laughs> you didn't say it had to be possible. So. All right. Let's do it like this. Out of the two teams that are actually playing in it, who do you want to win? Um. Well, I actually haven't thought about this at all. This is how I've been processing Orange County not being here, I guess. Um, I guess Louisville, just because I won't have to hear about it or see it, I guess. But yeah, we'll go with that. All right, and uh, I'm going to say I want Louisville to win um, just because, as of right now, I don't like those Phoenix. I don't like Phoenix, and uh, you know, I'm still a little bitter over the... Uh, the crazy interactions we so had with some uh, some great uh, Phoenix. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's that's my arrogance speaking. I want Louisville to win. Um, now, who do we think is going to win? Is is your pick different as far as your realistic who you actually think is going to win the match, or do you, do you still go with Louisville? No, I actually go with Phoenix in this regard. Um, I think Louisville is still going to be missing Cameron Lancaster, so that's. I mean, he's crucial to their success. Um, and legitimately, I think Drogba has enough star power with the league and the referees to where things just seem to happen in favor of... Like, everyone gets starstruck, even the refs, and then those little 50-50s go the way of Phoenix. Um, I know they're not playing at Slugger, and I know that the stadium's going to be mostly full of Louisville supporters, but um, I still think that they're going to have a really difficult time attacking through the 10 people that Phoenix packs into their own box to defend with. Um, I hate to say it, but I agree with you on it. I, I think, uh, I think as of now, uh, the match, this is being recorded Wednesday night. The match is happening on Thursday. So we're basically discussing this less than 24 hours before the match. Uh, when you're listening to this, uh, we're hoping to take away your attention from the final, probably not the greatest time to release uh, an episode talking about orange County when there's a big match happening that night, but we, we don't care. Um, but I, I hate to say it, but I think Phoenix does win. And I think precisely for what, uh, what Dylan was saying there. Um, I mean, 
and, and it's going to open up conspiracy theories if, if they do win because everyone's going to be like, oh, the league was doing it to help Drogba win. He's an owner, and that's that's a whole crazy thing. When I when I told my wife that Drogba also owns part of the team, and she's like, isn't that a conflict of interest or or what? But um, it is what it is. But uh, They could just solve this issue by just firing them up to the MLS. Yeah. We'll never have to hear about it again. Well, apparently they're odds got better with the whole San Diego issue. Uh, I guess the people down in San Diego don't want a new soccer stadium. They didn't vote for it. So uh, one less uh, metropolitan metropolitan area for Phoenix to have to worry about uh, as far as uh, trying to beat to that MLS option. Yeah. And the- all I've noticed from teams that want to go to the MLS from the USL is that their biggest talking point is always attendance. Like somehow that's the, the crowning achievement of a club which is weird for a club like Phoenix and a club, I mean, really all the clubs, a club like Sacramento and a club like Phoenix and a club like Cincinnati. They're some of the best teams in the league. And then the only thing that they can really say about other teams for some reason is the fact that they don't bring 20,000 and 10,000 and 5,000 people to a game each and every week. Like if you're already up there, why don't you just talk trash on the fact that other teams don't win all their games or something? Yeah, it's... um... You all suck at bantering. Just go to the MLS <laughs> where banter isn't a thing, and you can like make weird tifo or whatever, and like use chainsaws. Um, here's one thing I will say though. Uh, yes, uh, go ahead, Phoenix. Go up to the MLS, but wait until we're able to um, knock you out of the playoffs next year, or um, or we're not. Don't train and run away uh, too soon, um, because if you do that, then I'm just gonna have to say you guys are scared of Orange County because you know we're gonna come back and uh, and yeah. Probably some words I can't see on here, so I won't say finish that. Uh, finish what I'm going to say there. Although Dylan already ruined that for yeah, us. Yeah, well, sorry. Uh, great. Now Apple's going to get mad if I don't mark this as explicit content. Um, if you're doing that, we're just going to go all out. <laughs> One of these episodes, we just have a rated R version. We'll have to, right? Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much it. So we both uh, we both are picking Phoenix to win. Um, I don't know about you, but that's just, I don't want to, but I just, I have to. That's just, my gut's telling me that's what's going to happen on this, uh, this match. Um, not much more to get into, I guess, for this episode. We could do a man of the match for the match against we, Phoenix. We can. Do we want to do it where we're picking an Orange County man of the match, or are we picking man of the match either way? Do whatever you feel is best. Let's do either way. Why not? You know what? Let's do both. Or can with us. Man, you're just you're you're now making me have to go and actually look up information, not something I was prepared for. Usually, it's me doing that to you. So, um, I'll let you start it off, then, Dylan. So that way, I can just piggyback off of your picks. Okay, um, my man <laughs> of the match for both sides, or I mean, just overall, my man of the match is Tim Ford, the center ref, um, <laughs> because no one made a bigger difference in this match than Tim Ford, um, and that is as facetious as I can say it. He let that game get out of control for probably the entire time. Um, didn't seem to care about, I don't know, the laws of the game or keeping tempers low in a playoff situation or not letting the star power and the starstruckness of everyone get in the way. And um, So that's why he goes to my nod as the man of the match. All right. Um, For Orange County, I would have to say it would be, you know, I, that's a difficult one. Well, I thought you were picking oh, the ref for both of them. No, absolutely not. He didn't okay. help us, really. <laughs> um, I'd say probably, in all honesty, I'm going to have to say Darwin Jones. Um, hmm. He was getting the ball and he was creative out on that wing, and I know... Uh, not many of his crosses ended up connecting, um, but that's, again, a, a casualty of playing a team like Phoenix where they pack everyone into the box. Um, but he was out there, and he tried, and he tried, and he tried, and he tried, and he tried. And for a good portion of the game, that's all we could have hoped for. All right, so uh, let's do this. I'm going to pick – I'm just going to go simple for Orange County. I'm going to pick uh, – uh, who was the – I think it was Hashimoto was the goal scorer, right? So – um, Correct. I will just go with him just because of the fact he was able to get the ball in the goal, even though, uh, you know, wasn't uh, super sub. Yeah. Um, 
I guess Phoenix is uh, MVP, I guess. I'm going to uh, say that MVP for Phoenix would be uh, like YouTube or uh, soccer highlight videos of Neymar. Because really what you're seeing... Uh, we from, are roasting them. From Phoenix, this, from Phoenix in this match, I mean, it looked like Neymar. All these players looked like they went to the Neymar school of rolling around on the ground. It it would literally reminded me of that fun um, South African KFC commercial we discussed a few months back uh, with the guy getting knocked to the ground. I was expecting to see Drogba start rolling out the stadium to go to Knollwoods or something and get uh, some chicken strips or some Irish nachos or something from our friends over there at Knollwoods. Um, but yeah, no, it was... I, I think part of that all played because the ref was letting him. And I, again, I'll even say this. I think the guys at Rising is one. And, and Phoenix people, if you are listening to me, I don't want to hear any crap from you because even your guys over at the Rising is one pod um, or it was Kevin from the Phoenix Rising FC uh, show were saying that the Phoenix players were doing what the ref was letting them do. Um, and part of that was the ref was letting them flop all over the field. And, and every time they got you know poked at, they were going down the ground, rolling around like they had been ran over by Josh Hoyveld uh, in a monster truck or something. So, Yeah, I didn't even realize that Chris Cortez had actually gotten hurt because the amount of falling over, I just assumed he was trying to kill time yeah, and I stop know. the game. That's, I think so. that's what all of us were because it happened like right there on the opposite side of the end line, but right where you know the end of the, the field where we're all sitting. So, I don't uh, regret what I said at all. <laughs> but but no. I want to say that this, this diving thing is so prolific that the, the friend that I brought to this match and this was his second soccer game ever, sent me a text the next night saying, found this in Asante's browser history, and it's a link to WikiHow's How to Dive in Soccer. <laughs> and I was like, look at this, this banter from a guy who's in a second game. Like He's aware of the garbage that's on the pitch. I think when Drogba phases out um, after this season, that'll probably be cut down a good amount but even talking to some of the um to the orange county coaching staff they were they were equally frustrated by that and said that way too much went on and, and they got away with way too much as well so if you still have that link uh, we need to maybe uh tweet it and tag all the phoenix fans so we can just rile them out up um and ask them is this uh is this out of their training manual or something like that um <laughs> but you know phoenix fans you know if you're listening, shut up. Don't say anything. Uh, if you're we listening, we don't want to hear it. Stop. I don't care. <laughs> no, no. We appreciate you listening to us. We're not telling you not to listen. Just don't, uh, don't go and start try and start World War Two on the Twitters. Three. Uh, We've already had two, my friend. No, I'm talking. Okay, like sixty years, seventy years ago. <laughs> I wasn't talking about l- literal World War. I was talking about you know we had our little uh, Twitter war. Okay, we'll call it Twitter War Two. Um, cause before the match, you know, we got into a little bit of a, uh, a tussle, a tussle. You got into it with some ghost and some other people that couldn't do math because I guess they don't teach correct math in Arizona. Well, they don't pay their teachers, so they don't learn anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, with what we're talking about, they're going to come back. Oh, those arrogant orange County fans that don't know anything. They're ignorant and the arrogant. Well-educated for the record. Um, you know. Yeah, no, go back and watch the replay. Your players were like flopping and, and acting like they got, like I said, they like they got ran over by Josh Hoyveld in a monster truck. Um, it's so specific. It is, it is. I, Sunday, 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 Josh Hoyveld. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Uh, oh, no, I'm not going to. Oh, you got something for this? Well, no, I have. Mr. DJ? Let me see. I have, let me, let's try this out. I'm going to try and see if I know how to set this up. I can't even remember what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, we are evolving, so everyone, in case you're curious. We're going to do slow, but I don't know if it works with you, but we're going to try it. Uh, so we're going to send it to master. So go ahead and you don't even have to do your echo. Just do it uh, and let's see if this works out. You might not hear it back, so, uh, but if it works, it works. So go ahead and go. This Sunday, 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 Josh Hoyveld in a monster truck. I don't know if it worked. I feel so ridiculous having said I feel like my parents are probably on the other side of the door like, what the what is he doing in there? <laughs> um okay, so I don't know if that worked. It probably didn't. Uh, I didn't hear it on my end, but maybe it did. Um and if you, you did the echo, so actually if if my thing worked right, it's gonna like have multiple echoes going all crazy on that. Um but we'll see. I'll listen back and we'll listen to that. Um <laughs> Let us know, everyone who's listening. Yes, let us know. Especially you, Andy. <laughs> By the way, Andy needs to pick a new diver besides Greg Luganis every time he wants to harass the refs um, for diving. 
I, I, I don't think anyone nowadays knows who Greg Luganis <laughs> is. I don't think anyone knows any diver. Um, Tom Daly. He's the one I use because he's well known. Okay. So Andy. He gets all the girls going. He's that, that heartthrob for him or something. There you go, Andy. Use Tom Daly instead of Greg Luganis from now on. Um, just because, yeah. It's not the 80s anymore. I don't know. Greg Luganis was the 90s. I don't know. Um, yes. So let's do this. We're going to sort of wrap things up here uh, as we always do. A random thought of the day or of the episode. Uh, Dylan, do you have a random thought? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just, I, I said as much on Twitter on Saturday night, but a big shout out to everyone who, who came out to the match um, and, and got behind the club. And a big shout out to all the, the new faces I've seen and all the new people I've met and to the people that, um, I've I've quote unquote met on uh, on Twitter and on Reddit. Um, it's it's super exciting that that we're growing something here. Um, we might not be pulling five thousand or seven thousand people to a game yet, but I I have no doubt that if the team continues the way that it's been going, we'll get there one day. And um, you know, it really starts with those of us who are there. And if everyone brings one or two more people, then really quickly. This, the stadium fills out and, and we've got something that we can, we can really get behind um, <laughs> to give a literature recommendation. Cause I'm now doing this every week. Um, Philip Roth's defender of the faith is a great short story. Um, look out for themes of individualism. It's, it's a great, great one. And my last thought I've taken three for my one last thoughts. Um, Go for I it. want a County line coalition slash orange and black soccer cast um, versus um, OCSE front office 11 aside, um, kind of like pub league match. So here, I, I noticed, uh, I know people were talking about that on Facebook is, uh, and, and my, my thought or my, my just sort of question on it is where do we fall in as the podcast? Uh, I know we're not technically employees of orange County soccer club. Uh, if you're hiring someone, I, I've got a resume. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd love to, love to do that. I've already sort of said, uh, I'm interested in doing that. I'm playing, uh, at my work. I work for UCI. We have a lunch, um, league, uh, in it's indoor soccer. We play in little, uh, one of the indoor, uh, roller hockey rinks, but they have it set up with some goals and stuff. My team were undefeated, uh, this last week, no one even showed up to play against us. So we just did a scrimmage against ourselves. Um, but I, I'm getting into shape. I, I'd look, I'd be excited about doing that. Oh, by the way. Uh, Dylan, while you were talking, I went on to check Twitter, see what was going on, and um, Mr. Aaron from the Rising is One pod and Firebird Soccer, uh, he tweeted out, oh man, hashtag Orange County Hate Week might need to be extended. So apparently someone's hearing what we might have to say on that. Cool. And, Can't wait for the ghost of Luke Rooney. Yes, yay, come back, go. Made oh, to relevance like Bill Ricky Town. <laughs> for Luke Rooney now, plays. Yeah, I, I have no idea who Luke Rooney is, so I could care less. He used to play for them. Oh, okay. I just and thought, for Luton Town. He used to play for Luton Town as well. So I just thought it was some random dude trying to be funny, thinking that, like, you know... Uh, well, he thinks he's funny. And he also thinks he's probably an IT professional, but... Yeah. Oh, is that... Is, is I can't remember. Is that the guy that couldn't figure out how to, uh, so. how to search for our Wikipedia page? Um, as uh, going instead to some old school Orange County soccer club thing. Yeah, we're gonna probably get a bunch of crap now from. Uh, yeah, from I'm sorry. Fans. I live in civilization. I have more important stuff to do but, than but, like fail at bantering on Twitter. <laughs> but hey, Aaron, go ahead and share our our link to our podcast with all of your Phoenix fans. Let them listen. We'd love to get their numbers on here, uh, and get our our listens up. So that's awesome. We appreciate you doing that. And thank you, Phoenix fans, for taking the time and listening to our whole podcast. To yeah, but to you feel stupid now. And you you're hearing what we have to say. And you should always feel stupid. Uh, no, let's not get too crazy. <laughs> We're way past that. Yeah, we are. Once you get me going, it's all downhill. Let's uh, be real. By the way, props to Cameron. He was just going all at it at the at the live broadcast. Uh, but that's just a totally different story. Um, it was that second beer. <laughs> all right. What are your last thoughts? Right? Uh, I, last thoughts? You're acting like it's supposed to be like multiple. It's usually only supposed to be one. Um, no, what I wanted to rules. do, and one of the reasons I actually went on to Twitter, I just wanted to double check. Um, wanted to give uh, props to someone that you know, no one probably really knows who I'm talking about here, but I want to give props to uh, Kelly 
Salmieri, I think is how you say her last name. Um, she used to work with the club, and she's now moving on up. She's actually going to be working with LAFC. Uh, so uh, congratulations to you, Kelly. Uh, I know um, talking to you, you, you listen to our show, and you are one of the reasons we even have a podcast for Orange County. So um, congratulations on the uh, new new uh, or next chapter of your career. Yes. Uh, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully great things happen for you out in uh, L.A. Um, and I, I'll, I'll second what uh, Dylan had to say. You know, uh, great job for Orange County fans that did show up to the match on Saturday. Again, like I said earlier, biggest uh, biggest Orange County uh, fan county line coalition group, uh, and there was a. It's funny because uh, I I sort of walked around the stadium right towards the beginning of the match, right before the match, the kickoff, and then the first couple minutes. That's why I actually wasn't in my seat when the goal was scored, which sort of sucks. Um, but there was this group. I I, I wish I would have got the names, but there was this group of fans. It was like a, a family, basically, that were sitting right there in section thirteen, front row, um, in the middle of all those Phoenix fans, and they, I mean, I'm sure towards the end they weren't uh, excited about being there because of what was going on down that way, but they were holding their own there in in you know four people in a group of about five hundred Phoenix fans. Uh, I even at one point went over to them. I think, I don't know if it was halftime or whatever. I said, hey, if you guys want to come over uh, to our section and, and chant with us, we need, you know, as many people out chanting. with oh, we'll hang out here. We're having fun. We're having fun, uh, uh, you know, holding our own, I guess, against these uh, Phoenix fans. So whoever you were, random family that I didn't catch your names uh, sitting there in Section 13, uh, way to go. You, uh, you hung there uh, for the match with a bunch of crazy people from Phoenix. But come hang out with us. Yeah, do it. Come by, say hi. We're chat with fun. Us. I promise. <laughs> I might watch my language. Um. Yeah. So you got. I guess you got two random last things for me. Uh, okay. So let's go ahead and end this up because we've now gone over an hour, which is typically uh, hours usually where we like to cut things off. Um, like I said, uh, keep listening to us. We're going to have more episodes over the next uh, month or so that are going to recap the season, uh, announce our awards. And like I said, we're working on a couple other special things that we're going to do. Uh, we're going to get our um, esports team to come on. Um, in the near future and, and discuss stuff. And maybe Dylan and I will start watching some of the orange County soccer club esports team to see how they're doing and help support them, uh, on here. Uh, and, uh, I guess there's no guest for me to say, uh, to, to let them plug, uh, their stuff. So, uh, for Dylan, uh, this is Ray, uh, and for the orange and black soccer cast. And thanks for listening. We're out. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.